joining us for this episode of Bell to Bell on VIP YouTube. I'm Steve Lillis and this week we have a couple of turbo tongue guests who will make six rounds of verbal action seem like three minutes. First up, my regular co-pilot, top journalist and storyteller, John Evans. And we have a brilliant special guest this week and I'm, I'm dressing up because he's always got something to say. Former British and Commonwealth featherweight champion, Ryan Rawls. I think he's two-time British champion, uh, and made a lot of defences the second time round and said it was uh, cruelly taken from him um, outside the ring. Great to have you on the show, especially you, Ryan, um, ahead of a, a huge golden contract final against Jazza Dickens on December 2. That's some fight, isn't it, for everybody? Thank you for having me, Steve. Yeah, and I can't wait. Um, obviously, with the first fight falling foul of COVID, it's made it a little bit more special now, I think. It, it, I really want it even more. You don't know how much you want something until it's took away from you. And this, that's the case with this fight and that, uh, no. and that dirt. Sorry about that. That's the kids in the background. You knew that was going to happen. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Ryan, you know, for the people watching this, because this is a unique situation, isn't it? What's it? Who, how did you get the news? Who brought the news to you in the hotel? How, how did you get told that Jazza and his team had failed? What's the process there? Well, it was... Um, Anto from MTK messaged me and he went, Ryan, it's bad news. He cut straight to the point, which is, I was like, initially I thought he was joking. Like, I know it's a crap joke in hindsight, but I was like, nah, you're not being serious. I went, yeah, I'm sorry, mate, it's bad news. Um, he's failed his test. And then I had lots of plans for after this fight and I made sure that I didn't let this fight, that that situation rule me. And um, I'm very grateful and lucky I was in a situation to fulfil the things I wanted to do. I got two to three hours before the weigh-in to getting on the scales. I was two ounces over the limit. I've never walked up two ounces over the limit in my life. So that was something new to me. And it, as, as Soslaw goes, I didn't get to get on the scales, but it was it, heaven for a reason. I'm, I'm a positive person. It's not something that's going to... I think that things have happened since then, inspiring in the work I've done. So I hope to show that... It was, I thought I was in the best shape of my life. I didn't think I could get in better shape. And now, this last few weeks has showed me, well, maybe I wasn't. Yeah, I know you're very positive, but I've spoken to a few boxers about this, and I'm sure John has as well. Um, but do you have the mindset, you, you don't believe it's happening until you get on them scales <laughs> and know them tests are clear? This is it. I've never been in this situation, and um, I kind of had my own Notre Dame pre-prediction with this because I said in my last call, a Zoom call like this to Sky, I said I've never been in a fight ever where I'm, I've had a fear of someone and, I, and I, in a way I'm, I don't believe I can fail. I believe doctors need to come and see me. I'm immune. I can't get COVID. I'm immune. <laughs> and I, and Jazza turned around and said, well, I think COVID's bull. <laughs> Would you believe it? The first British boxer to fail was the man who was saying it doesn't exist. It's not right. And um, I have said my biggest fear in this fight wasn't to do with the result. Wasn't it was just to get past that hurdle of the testing. And it come actually, and I made a mistake there. It was a really great line in a film. I forget. It could be the Usual Suspects. It could be another one. And and um, the line is, you should never. That the, the greatest trick the devil pulled was to make people think he doesn't exist anymore. And I don't believe you should hurt your fears because once they're in the universe, they can come back and do that to you. So, yeah, it was shocking early on, but I'm very lucky. I was with my twin, as always, as anyone knows. Yeah, yeah. That's, he's side by side and, you know, he's always there with me. So, 
I didn't have two seconds to feel bad. It, we'd, we'd already set in motion the things that we was meant to do. So how grateful am I that I was in a position like other, I felt sorry for him and, and he showed a lot of class, Jazz. He, he rung me on the same day, apologising, saying that he didn't expect it and he's the fittest of his life. And I believe that. When I seen him, I could see he was in really good nick. So that's good for him too. Yeah, well, it's, it's some fight we're looking forward to. I think I said to you on a text the other day, Ryan, you against Jazza, it's one where I don't want to take sides. You know, two of you, I don't ever heard a bad word about, about either of you from anybody, which says a lot about you both anyway. You know. Oh, thanks for that, Steve. I mean, you know what, it'd be nice because if I wasn't in this tournament, I'd be rooting for Jazza. And um, he's won us a few quid as well with my brothers. My brothers won some money when he done what he would. So we're, we're a fan of him. But in this fight, we have to set that aside. And the best man will win. And I said that on the sky. I was saying it here. I want the best man to win. That's me, which I, I think it is. Well, then that would be the way it goes. If he's the better man, then that's the way it is. Brilliant. Well, for people, um, we'll kick on now. For those who haven't listened to Bell, Bell to Bell before, it's, um, we cover six topics. Each of us has picked out two, two each. And it's three minutes on each topic. And then John, my, my co-host there, there's no messing. That bell goes. Is the bell ready, John? The bell's ready, Steve. Right. Well, the f- first topic tonight we're going to go is, uh, well, I think we should start with you, John. Well, let's go with um, Tyson being on the shelf. Um, I think we all know it's no, no secret that Tyson's at his best as a person when he's got a target to aim for. He's certainly at his best as a fighter when he's, got, um, when he's busy, when he's got another fight coming up, when he's got a target to aim for. And this news that he's off the show on December the 5th, I, I think it's a big blow to Tyson. What a, what a stage, what a platform he had back in February when he, when he demolished Wilder. And the years just sort of petered out, hasn't it? You know, by the time he gets back in the ring in February, he'll have been out for a year. All that momentum he built up, all the goodwill he built up from knock, knocking um, Wilder about the ring, that battle that just diminished. Um, I just think it's a real big loss for British boxing. Uh, I just wish Tyson could have come to some agreement with top rank and BT, got in the ring before Christmas and started building up his Joshua fight. The biggest worry for me is that if he doesn't get a fight February, March, because you never know what's going to happen with COVID situation and all that. He, he could go missing for months again. He's got that film with Jason Statham he's wanted for. The WWE wants him back there. And that takes time. So, you know, could, we could suddenly get him out till June and he goes straight to Joshua having 15 months out of the ring. Yeah. Well, he's the miracle man. I think you both know that. So I won't worry too much about Tyson. He, he, the, the miracle wasn't the second fight. He proved what he could do in the first. He performed a miracle getting up off that knockdown again. Well, my brother's some money, especially yeah. Michael. Michael, a fair few. Every gypsy and his dog are right now where I bet Michael. And the draw was an absolute joke. But history repeats itself. I did say this to a few people about that first fight. If you look at the last time a Brit fought an American, in America, it was Lennox Lewis and Van Hollerfield. The rob was already in. The job was already in. Um, and I think with Fury, you can, nothing's un, in, un, impossible with Tyson Fury. So... I think the, 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 the more it's stacked against him, he, he's pulled two miracles in my time. The miracle one beating Vladimir Klitschko. Who fought that? Come on. Are you gonna go? And on points in Germany, that's nearly impossible. That's a miracle. The second miracle is when he, he believes in Jesus and he acted like Jesus because that second <laughs> knockdown, when he resurrected himself, wow. Um, I was sat watching it with three travellers and me and my brothers and I knew Michael had money on him. 
And when he resurrected, well, I just couldn't believe it. I thought Michael <laughs> had won his money. I predicted that as how he was going to win his money. Ah, oh, it's 12 rounds. He'll catch him eventually. And I was so happy for Tyson in, in the rematch because we've all good in boxing controversy sells for us because the bit the stadium fights only started because of the controversy with George Groves and Frosh. That controversy led to Wembley and look at the second fight and a, a big and you know what his book would finish before the second fight and I think the second fight he, he can he can write another book in this time no can he Tyson because the second bit. <laughs> That's brilliant, Ryan. Now, uh, we're ready to get in here. Ryan, your first topic. We've got three minutes of you, I think, without John and myself and going out of a brew. And then listen afterwards. Fire away. <laughs> What's my topic? I forgot now. My topic was paying for paying, wasn't it? The mythical yeah. paying for paying list. Well, and I just got. Yeah, that's right. Right. Um, my, the reason I love this list is because in this stinking situation we've got in sports, not just boxing, but the worst is in boxing is because of the PEDs and stuff. The real paper paper list started over one man, the greatest of all time, the real GOAT, which is Sugar Ray Robinson. The reason I call him that is because I've been educated and done a bit of research myself, and steroids didn't even exist until after 1950. His feats, his 120-odd knockouts, his 180-year fight career, his three-weight world champion possible, five-time middleweight champion, and that's the pain for pain list was started off one man's back. And um, just recently watching Lomachenko fall from grace and Crawford be, be put back to the top. I think um, it's a great list, a great idea, but it's all a salute to one man. And I'm, the, I'm his biggest fan because if one man can do all that without modern technology. Because there's a guy out there in our generation and there's no doubt about it, he's the greatest of our time. And all he bangs on about is hard work and dedication. But there's another question in there that he must admit, and I've read a book, there's a great book out there written by Tris Diction called Money. I don't think, it, well, it's out there, I look for it. And um, it's hard work, dedication and medication, because that's, that's the era we're in, unfortunately. And I was going to have this as one of my topics, but I didn't want it to be too negative, because if a man wants to take all these things to run under 10 seconds and jump over three metres or whatever they're doing nowadays and set seven metres on the long jump, no problem. But in combat sports, I have a huge issue with it. And I brought up the pain for pain list because that's a salute to the cleanest, greatest man. And they, they only made it because of Sugar Ray Robinson. This is another thing with research that I've got in boxing is they only talked about who could have beat him, who could have beat that style. And in modern boxing, you look around and you think you have to, you have to go back to a bit of a throwback, like a Hagler who was an all-rounder. And that's what I like about Terence Crawford, I think. He's our pain for pain number one, and he's got that switch it in, and he's good. And uh, I could do this all day, you know. Three minutes is nothing. Oh, I'm keep... Go on, we'll just say then. My, I, I agree with you, Ryan. My pound for pound comes from the, the, the past Ray Robinson, but I think favoritism comes into pound for pound list, and mine's yeah. Mr. Duran. The only medication yeah. he had in his system was rum and beer, I think. <laughs> yeah, he was against it, weren't he? He, he? he himself, is that not proof in the second fight with Leonard? Because yeah. he was hurt, he was hurt by his own self, and, and they were so clever with that to get him the rematch in five weeks. I think Andre Ward pulled the same trick with Kovalev. He got that immediate rematch. Sure, good nuts because I'd, I'm not even sure if he won the first fight. Again, another fight we won a lot of money on. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was incredible. Thank you, Ryan. Um, right, my one, my first topic is carnage with Kel, and obviously Kang Kel Brook against Amir Khan still take place. You know, they're both, let's say, they're, 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 they're well past their peak. Let's be kind. And I think we saw that 
with Kel the other night, you know, you know, there was things he could do, but the first time he was hit cleanly, he was pretty much taken out of the fight. I mean, I, I love Kel. I think, you know, I think, you know, to be thrown in with Golovkin in Spence inside eight months was, was pretty gross on him, although he was very well paid. But go back to the fight of Amir Khan. Now, everyone's saying, you know, retire both of them. I think that fight will still do very, very good business, purely because they've got a rivalry that casuals know. Now, we us three can see, you know, who are boxing heads uh, can sit here and, you know, and diss that fight all night. That fight, whereas you might have to go to a football stadium now, that fight is still arena worthy and people would still tune in on pay-per-view, even though they're absolutely on the dip side of the career. And I don't have a problem with either of them taking that fight, you know, even, even if, you know, you want to use the word shot about both fighters because it's, a, it's an absolute last, last, you know, cash out fight for both of them. The only thing that would worry me is that the winner would maybe go on to another biggish fight and get hurt. That is the one thing that worries me. But I still think there's value in that fight. Yeah, I do. If they're going to do it, it should be like uh, the old wrestling matches we have where it's a loser leaves town match. I think it's got to be the end for both guys. Um, I think, I agree though, Steve. I think still think it itself. There's people who know about the, the feud between Brooke and Khan who won't even have watched Brooke fight Crawford. They probably don't even know he even fought him. But that much, they've transcended the sport that much onto Sky Sports News and Amir Khan's a, a massive name. I think that'd easily sell 15,000, 20,000 tickets. God knows how many thousand pay-per-views and give them both a few quid. Sounds like Amir needs a few quid for this uh, event centre he's, he's building, doesn't it? <laughs> place in Dubai. What's your, you're a fighter, Ryan. What do you think of this sort of I'm with you, Paul. I couldn't agree more. It definitely still sells. The, the massive problem is we've had this before with Witter and Ricky Atten and that never come to fruition and it's going to be an ego thing. I don't think Khan's ever going to give Kelbrook the opportunity to one, punch him in the mouth and two, ultimately possibly beat him and um, it's a rivalry that definitely sells. All, we all want to watch it. Anyone in Britain who's half into British boxing wants to see that fight like we wanted to see Hatton where that'd still sell because there's something about it. We want to see it and I agree with John. This should be a winner walks out. You know, a, the loser's finished. The winner's buzzing. But I, I, it's a fight after I'm with you. That is that'd be concerning. Where did they go? John, your right, second and final topic. Yeah, we're on to. I want to give the Peacock Jim a bit of a shout out. Obviously, Daniel Dubois leading the way. He's blazing the trail. He's the way he's been managed and guided has been absolutely perfect. But there's a whole stream of fighters coming through from the Peacock. I thought Denzel Bentley lived up to his name at weekend. I thought he was he was really good. He, he went up a level. You've got Chris Bork. You've got Louis Lynn. You've got Sean Phillips. All these guys are following in Daniel's trail. We're all going to be fighting on big undercards. We're all going to get showcases. And they're all big punches as well. All these guys can bang. Even like young Sean Phillips won his area yeah, title in the first, first round knockout. Um, I like the way the Peacock go about it as well. If Martin tells you something, Martin Bowers you pretty much know it's the truth. They don't make mistakes. They go about the business very quietly. And I know the gyms moved from East End out to Epping, but that, those traditions they have, then fundamentals they teach, that's not going to change. I just think gyms go through peaks and troughs and have moments of success. I think the next three years could be the peacock's time. No, I agree. You know what? I I'm with you, John. I I I'm not going to say too much on it because I think Brian should take up. It's ironic, I think, we've got Ryan on tonight because up there in Norwich, 
Graham Everett runs that gym on a similar scout. Graham and Martin are very similar. They don't attract attention for themselves. It's about the fighters. They're almost like shy men. And I always go on what the, my great, great friend, one of my greatest friends ever, Dean Powell, used to say. And he used to say, talk about Graham Everett in those terms. Like you just spoke about um, Martin Bowers at that gym. And I think the gym in Norwich where Ryan is, is a, is, a, is a similar feel to it with the boxers there and, and how Graham runs it. But, you know, Ryan might tell me I'm wrong and tell me something else. You've hit the nail on the head. Graham, as we've, we've known Martin from the start of our journey and um, I've never met a more stand-up man. Um, I've, it's funny you brought up the peacock. I've just been there sparring within the last month. And um, what a setup! What a brilliant... He's so boxing. From the second you walk through the peacock gym, it's boxing and they've found... They've made a... It's gone peacock... Point two, it's like it's had such an update. It's a brilliant facility, and I'm so happy for Martin because I do believe Martin will have potentially a world heavyweight champion. And as a coach, what more can you wish for? And his success will breed that success because you can see it. everyone look at Bentley the other night. It's it's good to see, and when you see good people, you know boxing people being successful. I love the Pico Gym. It's my favorite gym. Um, every time I fight in London with her, we go and train there. Martin's always been for us and then just recently I got some sparring with Louis Lynn and Bark like you just mentioned and top really good 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 fighters good Ben and um, so happy you brought the peacock up because I ain't got nothing but good words to say and, and nothing but respect for the, 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 the way they do their job and our gym I think Graham Graham's been reigning them people and they've influenced him for sure and he's not he's not mine a lot longer than me Hi, Mike. Ryan what was my final one I'm already Punchy, Anna. You would, no, you're talking about um, old school <laughs> on the day weigh-ins and 15 oh, rounds. This is it. Oh, I'm passionate with this, man. Right, so. Fire away. Just recently, the, the, one of the worst things I've seen in boxing coming into it is this S&C stuff and all this, basically the medication, pedication, whatever you want to call it. Now, to completely get rid of this, it's big men shrinking into small frames and being able to do so with a 38 limit. 30 hour limit. I want to see 15 rounds come back and I want to see small gloves. I've got also a, another thing that I should have put into this comment was I'm sick to death of hearing the heavy words. They're a bit different. They punch. This is to everyone listen to this. I'm nine stone. I wear eight-inch gloves. Tyson Fury is 19 stone, 18 stone, and he wears 10-inch gloves. You don't have to be a mathematician, but how come I have to wear eight and he has to wear 10? Is there a bit of a... He should be killing guys. Now, I believe the two biggest punches on the planet, one's a bantamweight in Inui, and the other one's a super feather lightweight in Tank. They're wearing eight inch gloves. If we was doing a math proportion thing, they shouldn't even be wearing gloves. And I, there's a few old, feet, old school things I want to come back. People, people have to be brave for this to happen because you're going to say, oh, there'll be deaths. Probably would. And there'd be injuries. But if you look at the UFC with their four inch gloves and their weighs and stuff, the weighings are different. But let, what I'd like to see is on the day of weighing, I'd like to see the Marvin Haglers come back. The skinny beast is what I call him. He was weighing in on the day, six hours later, fighting eight hours later, not 30 hours. Because if you look at Tofimo and Lomo recently, look at the size difference. But Tofimo did look like a skinny beast on the scales. So credit to him. But what I want to see as a fighter myself, I'd love to have a go at 15 rounds. That's, I believe I'd be unbelievable at 15 rounds because this is a, if we can get through with little gloves, I'd like... Smaller fighters who are lighting smaller gloves. I think we've overprotected hands for too long. And this is the old school stuff coming back. How did Sugar Ray Robinson get 120 fights, 160 fight career with horse hair gloves? Because this is all they've done was fight. And in, in the period we're at now, 
there's not enough fighting and the skills are being lost to, oh, let's get the biggest man to the smallest weight. For the good of boxing and for, for boxing to find itself again, I'd love to see. I think it's Robert Smith, last person I heard it, the head of British boxing, saying he'd love to have on the dareways because all of a sudden it'd be risky early on because you have people being stupid and risking their weights and it's all about rehydration. But I would love to see this come back because the skill set in boxing has dipped. The men are getting bigger. They're all giants. I mean, people are going up 10, 8 weights because they're shrinking. But for the skill and the goodness of boxing, let's get 15 rounds, let's get small gloves, and let's start weighing them on the day again. And I'd be part of this. I'd have to change weight straight away, but at least I'd be more natural. I'll be very quick. I'd like to see 15 rounds to test mental capacity as well. John? Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think 15 rounds is the ultimate proving ground. There we go. Your final topic, Steve. Right, my final one, the last topic of the night. Papi Della Paca, which is, of course, <laughs> Dave Allen deciding um, he's not going to box, box again. Um, I don't know whether Dave... Dave's a, a, a very likeable fella, but not wayward, a bizarre sort of chap in his own way. I, I, I generally think he, he will come back again. Uh, whether that's right, I, I, you know, I, I don't think so. Because you know what? I think he's overachieved by what he's done for making a name for himself through social media or whatever to finish with an 18-5-2 record. The, the Lucas Brown win, the, the Nick Webb wins, you know, the distance with Dillian White. You know, they're, they're, they're results you can look back at with, with some sort of pride. But, you know, he, he made himself this name. And really, as a fighter... When I say he's overachieved, he, he, he com I compare him with someone like the 1980s heavyweight, Eddie Nilsson, who was beaten by Bruno and Budner, you know, and had a similar record to Dave. Um, I, I just don't, I don't think he will stick to this comeback. Um, obviously, he's got health on his mind and he's released this Usyk video, but it's not the first time that Dave's done something and spoken of getting out of boxing after he's had a rough time in sparring or the ring. I, I just have a feeling that He'll be back. Because only two weeks ago, he was telling her how he's never been better in his world and as, how, how serious he's taken it. Yeah, he's, he's, the heavyweight division's not one to be in if your heart's not in it, is it? You know, you, you look at some of these guys coming up now, people like Adelaide, um, these young heavyweights are going to be looking for people to go over. You know, they need to beat a name to become a name, don't you? And David had been number one on most people's lists. I know they tried it with Dubois, didn't they? They tried getting Alan in as Dubois and he demanded a lot of money. Um, I think Dave's made a sensible decision. He'd get used for sparring a lot and look what Usyk did. You know, that, that was a, a frightening thing and Dave said he couldn't remember anything for 30 minutes. So he'd be getting beat up in sparring off, off young guys. He'd be looking to be an opponent for young guys and really, what's his level? You know, he's going to have to go through hell to win a British title, isn't yeah. it? I hope he sticks to it, really. I, um, my brother read his, his retirement thing today, and I was happy for him, and I agreed, I agreed totally with you, Steve. Um, when you retire, it actually makes people want you more. It's, it's a crazy, this is a crazy sport. The second you retire, you're actually worth more. Because, hey, can I get him out of retirement money? And I hope he sticks to it. I'm like you, I'm very... Money can do anything to anyone, so... Money could draw him back. I think um, it's a wise move because who wants to be a gatekeeper at yeah. domestic level right now? Who wants to be a gatekeeper at European and yeah. every level? He's a gatekeeper, isn't he? He's the man that people are going to compare because he's fought an Olympian now. That um, the French lad, he's done. I think did, uh, Tony York was it? He's fought the Cuban. He's fought these people. 
but you can carry on, Ryan. Go on. You carry on. I'm just thinking. It's to, this is it's not a division to be a good gatekeeper, but the heavyweights seems to be the worst division. Right, this heavyweight crop, like you're saying, with that youth power, who would want to think that you might have to go through Daniel Dubois to get a British title? I mean, it's it's not the right time, really. And I think he's made a very sensible, wise choice. And I think his sister, who he credits a lot of this to, I say, as you know, not many people are honest enough with boxing. They think these big hard people who they can do it all on their own. I take so much counsel from Graham, my brothers, my mum, anyone I can, because that's for free. And you want to take all that information, make your best decision. And his sister's definitely giving him his best idea. Being a gatekeeper right now, there's been easier times to be a gatekeeper. And that is what he is right now, in my mind. And I like him as a person. He seems brilliant. And I was watching it live when he got the web win. And it's not that was the British version of what happened when Duran got his happy birthday sung to him in Madison Square Garden. And his book, he talks about, obviously, that wasn't my time. But in my time, I seen the reaction from the, I heard and seen the reaction from the crowd and how that affected him. And that he's a winner there in that for British boxing public and just your general man. He's got that Ricky Atten feel where, yeah, I can, I, he's like me. He's like us. And, and, and you can't buy that fact that that is what he is. And I wish him a happy retirement. Although like Steve, I'm thinking money can, you know, and the shape he just got into, that's another thing, not just the money. He just got into all that. He, that's the best I've ever seen Dave Allen look for sure. I know he's been concussed in that sparring and I will say nothing about it. I've watched that sparring and I've got to tip my hat to Usyk. What a man. Because other horrible people, a young Mike Tyson finishing him there without a doubt. There's, there's a Cuban I know for a fact that Perez finishing him right there. The good 95% of boxers finish him there. They don't, you know, that's for themselves. We've seen it recently. So I have to tip my hat to Usyk. I like that man. There's something about him and that's made me like him even more watching that video. Well, there's something about Usyk, and there was something about you tonight, Ryan. You were, can uh, we say, on fire? You were absolutely <laughs> sorry, lads. Next, next week, I've got to ask Jazza to be our guest, so he's got a lot <laughs> to live up to. But I'd say, what the week after your fight, I'd love to have you. Well, I'm sure John would as well. I'd love to have you back on regularly doing 100%. this. I love boxing, and um, if, if we're going to talk boxing, lads, with two people like yourselves. I'm in heaven. If I'm not doing it, let's talk and think about it and I'm happy because this thing's got me. Whatever it is, the idea of boxing, I love it and I can clearly see you you lads too. So, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I might be in sunny Tenerife with a bit of luck though. next time. I'll make sure I've got a nice view in the background. I'll be on the balcony. Yeah, that's what we'll do, yeah. Um, well, I can't thank you enough. I can thank you, John. I don't think we can thank Brian enough. He was fantastic. <laughs> No, great right, value. Thanks for that, and good luck against Jazza. No, thank I'll, you. I'll, just, I'll, I'll say exactly the same to Jazza next week. Good luck against Yeah, Ryan. of course. Just no bad luck, John. That's all I ask for both of us, <laughs> because it, I kept saying this the week of the fight. People said, good luck. I was like, sorry, I don't need no good luck. I can make that. Just no bad luck. And then we got that with the COVID. So I stick to it. Just no bad luck, and I'm happy, because I can do. I, I can control the other things. The bad luck, you just can't control it. You couldn't write it, and... Um, Aaron for a reason. I've said it before the fight. I don't know what the reason is yet, but the week after our fight, when we're doing this again, I'll be able to say, yeah, I told you, Aaron for a reason. Well, a few days after your fight, you're on the Monday after your fight's on the Wednesday, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I've never fought on Wednesday in my life. I've, I'm, I've done some things for this for the last, let's say, 12, 16 weeks now where I'm preparing for this Wednesday because I'm making sure I'm up a bit later because it's not a normal routine. I do things a bit different. So I'm hoping that 
pairs off because I've, I'm, I run quite a lot at night anyway, but I'm actually physically punching and doing stuff. So I'm hoping that works well because Wednesday, have you ever even heard of boxing on Wednesday? I mean, it's unbelievable. It used, Different. It used to be in the 80s. Um, I'm a lot older than both of you. I'm still be about the same as <laughs> combined. On night in the eight, 70s and 80s, that's when boxing was. Mickey Duff, Frank Warren had, had their shows on the Wednesday. BBC oh, on the Wednesday oh. night. A lot, of the, a lot of the super fights, Steve. TV shows midweek. A lot, of, a lot of the super fights, like Hagler, Leonard and Tyson Spinks were on Monday nights. Yeah. Is that so, right? Yeah. Wow. Pay-per-views in the early 90s uh, were on a Friday night in America. When HBO was TV KO, Friday night. I remember the first fight I covered in America, Holmes against um, um, Hollerfield. I'm pretty sure that was a Friday night in the car park at Caesars. Yeah, in, wow. in the in the super fights, they used to keep the high high roll gamblers all in the casino all weekend, didn't they? Friday, ah, Saturday, Sunday, and yeah. then the fight would be on the Monday night. That's clever. See, there you go. That's that's the clever. That's that's very good. So you're it has changed school, a little bit now. You're old school, Ryan. See, so boxing on a Wednesday night when all the old school boxers used to fight. This is it. All I need is fifteen rounds, and I've ticked all the boxes. Give me 50. I hope someone's out there wanting 15 rounds, and we can find a way to do it. Old right, school what, four rounds gloves. Ryan, what do you make of this bare knuckle thing that's gathering momentum then? It's gathering a lot of momentum because I heard, um, it's funny you're bringing up so many topics that have become recent to me. Like, my, it's more Liam than me because I'm just so into this, me, Jazza, and it's been like that for a long time. But Liam keeps feeding me bits and pieces. And he read the quote to all you boxers who want to get paired that you're real worth and things like that. And there'll be a lot of boxers. I know there's quite a few boxers who have turned over. And yeah. I just think, that's what I should have said in my old school thing. I forgot to say this. Um, Lenny McLean come up and said one of the worst inventions in boxing were the mufflers. And he said, um, if you look at the damage statistics, because what, what boxing's actually enabled people to do is take a more prolonged beating because of the gloves. Because two things happen when a man's fist hits another man's skull. His fist gives or his skull gives. So we get the knockout or this gets broke and the fight's over either way. So, and that's what bare knuckle boxing is kind of preaching. It they've only got the flimsiest bit of protection, and they, they go for it. And I, I just hope they get paired what they're worth in that, which is hard. It's hard to get paired what you're worth in anything in life. But um, it's something I've never even considered. It's something that I can see why. In, and in some cases, some fighters have to do this now because there's one fighter or not. Um, it's annoying me with his name. He, he actually had, he got his license stripped, and then he went to bare knuckle boxing. It's He's a local lad. He's not far away from me. I know he's trainer Steve Whitwell. It's annoying me that Tyler I haven't got... Tyler Goodjohn did well. Yeah. There you go. Because he got his license stripped, so what was he left to do? And that's why he's doing it. And I think he's doing really well in it. I've heard that. Fair player to him, because that one, one of them fights is definitely... Seems more risky, but who knows? I, I've never done it. I haven't watched a lot of it, but I know there was a Netflix series where they were trying to really make it so it was as legal as they can. Oh, it's got a, it, it, it's, it's like a bare knuckle fighting championship now, and the, a guy, the name's gone, but he won a gold medal in the Olympics, and they've signed him, and he's turned his back wow. on boxing to go and do bare knuckle. So there's clearly some money in it. Yes, but, uh, definitely. I should have mentioned this as well. We've got the heavy. He's one of he's one of these people who comes to Tenerife, and I've met him over the last five six years. He's he's a Newcastle lad called Mike. I forget his second name. Mike, and he's like the heavyweight champion of this bare knuckle. And when we was there last, when he was there with us last, he had a film crew following him. And I think it's going to be something to do with Netflix. But he might actually have gone to prison now. But he's like really decent here. 
So knowing me that, I can't remember his second name, Mike, but he's from Newcastle and he's a big everywhere lad. And he was doing some work out there when we was there. And he, he seems really good, like a nice person. He seems well sound. I was going to be looking out for him, but like I said, I think he might be in prison now, unfortunately. Well, I've got a message up that I'm running out of meeting time in the top left corner. Oh, I could have gone all our hours listening to you. <laughs> I can't thank you enough. And uh, as I said, like I'll say the same to Jazza. I hope the fight goes how you want it to go. And uh, we'll see you the Monday after your fight. Thank you very much, Steve. I said to you on the message and I said as well to John, all I want, and I truly mean this, is the best man to win. Obviously, me believing I'm the best man, what that regard, the best man. As long as the best man wins and there's no, con- I always say I don't want no controversy. And then, with it, what is boxing? What is sport? What is life without controversy? So we'll see. We've, I believe we've had that with the stupid COVID, him failing COVID. So hopefully that's enough controversy and we can get on and do our jobs now. <laughs> John, thank you very much as always. And uh, we'll speak to you later, mate. Lads, thank you very much. For all boxing, info, news and latest interviews, Amateur and Pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.